Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here today with Ananga Sevier. We come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. And we love to share a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. We are celebrating six years in partnership, over 250 episodes, and more than 2.5 million listens to our podcast. We could not be happier. We also have a wonderful sale going on at the Anxiety Slayer store for two more days. So if you're interested in checking out any of our anxiety relief support packs, everything is 50% off in the store through midnight on December 31st. Welcome, Ananga. It's so wonderful to come back together with you and this week to discuss how we became anxiety slayers and how our listeners can join us in doing the same. Yeah, I thought it might be nice to share some of our journey through anxiety, some of our experiences with anxieties, just to share with our listeners that we've been there too. I know very well how horrible anxiety feels. I used to suffer with it very strongly in my youth. So perhaps just to share a bit of our journey and what you can do to help yourself, how we've overcome anxiety and how we'd like to help you do the same. When I think about the beginning of my understanding of anxiety and the realization that I was suffering, it would always come back to social anxiety. So for me, that's what I struggled with and still do on occasion, but feel like I have so many more resources and tools available that I do pretty well. But on occasion, this time of year, the holiday time can be a little bit more of a struggle. How about for you, Ananga? I was always anxious as a child. I used to suffer a lot with my mind and with anxiety. I was a worrier. And by the time I was about 19, 20, it was really bad. And my mind would just project the most horrible scenes. I'd be fine one minute, and then in an instant, my stomach would churn. I'd actually feel physically sick in response to some imagined terrible thing happening to someone I loved. If my parents were out for the evening, I would think they would have been in a car crash. If they were five minutes late, I'd be sitting on the bottom of the stairs, waiting for them, imagining the worst. I'd be quiet about it, but internally it was a nightmare. And the speed and the detail with which my mind could conjure up these scenarios was just shocking. I think it got a lot of practice. It got really good at it in the worst possible way. That was something that had always been with me. Uh, sometimes I felt worried over something so much that I almost felt like I'd paid a tax and I'd suffered so much internally that maybe things would be okay for a while. It was really quite bad anxiety. Then I went through a time when my mind caused me to suffer so much that I just felt exhausted and was starting to worry about everything, generalised anxiety, about reality, about impending disaster, war, the predictions of Nostradamus, you name it, I was worried about it. And I was getting really exhausted and punch drunk from going through everything over and over in my head. And I got to the point really where I just wanted to stop thinking and stop functioning. I just had enough. It was all too much. And then on the other side of it, it was all too much. What was the first glimmer of hope 
or support? I was always interested in Eastern philosophy, um, anything sort of unusual, unexplained phenomena, stuff like that. And I was working in London in my early 20s. So we had a store, I believe it's still there, called Watkins Books near Covent Garden in London. And I used to just go there and stare at all the shelves and just wonder if there was some information that might help me get a handle on my mind. I was becoming really interested in how the mind worked and that combined with Indian philosophy. Around that time, I met somebody who introduced me to the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, India's ancient classic literature, 5,000-year-old literature. And I started reading that and I started practicing meditation and I began feeling much more settled, much more peaceful. I found some people I could ask questions to about things that were bothering me. And then for my work, I started studying hypnotherapy, meridian psychotherapies, techniques for coping with trauma, anything I could find that was good for coping with stress and anxiety. Eventually, EFT tapping. I was already doing so much better by then, by the time I found that, but I really felt that that would be helpful for others. And I fell in love with Ayurveda, India's 5,000-year-old science of life, and that taught me so much about the mind and how it works and how it wasn't just me and that the mind is fragile, it's easily disturbed, and different ways to try and care for it. And that set me on the path that I'm on now of really taking care of my mind and collecting techniques to help others do the same. And what a journey it's been for you. And I tell you, in the time that we've been friends and producing Anxiety Slayer, I have learned so much from you, so much from Ayurveda, so much to uh, improve and increase the number of tools and support that I didn't even know that I needed. Mine was very much an anxiety that was more socially, more about, uh, you know, I guess kind of the, one of the biggest fears that people face is public speaking, right? Mm -hmm. you, you hear that. And so for me, it felt like I was public speaking anytime I was in a social en engagement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would make it so much bigger than it was, really blow things up and make them really, really large. And then, and then afterward would tear everything apart. So I, I had the anxiety of being out and then the anxiety around regurgitating what happened or what may have not been exactly the way I wanted to show up. And, and so all of these things were kind of entangled. And until I met you, I didn't even realize that it was anxiety. Sometimes it's like that though, isn't it? It's also part of the thing of it's me. We think it's us. We yeah. Think. I was certain that I was alone. I was certain that I won't say that I was crazy because I didn't think I was crazy, but that there was just something terribly wrong. Yeah. And I wasn't comfortable in, in talking about it or asking for any support. I really came from a place of being the strongest one in the room. And if I, and if I weren't being reminded that I ought to be. Right. You know, there are times to this day where I have to just check in and say, okay, my last public speaking engagement was over a year ago, and I'm not sure that I'll do another one. And it's not because of the actual engagement itself. The engagements go great. People love it. I enjoy it. Afterwards, beautiful. People are lined up to talk and hug and buy books and all of those things. But it's what happens before. Mm. <laughs> and the preparation and the, and the anxiety takes over and my brain goes to this place. And I decided that, you know what? 
maybe this just isn't for me. And maybe that's just okay, that that's not a direction I'm going to take my business. And now it would be different if you and I were doing something together. And if I have a partner or showing up virtually is a walk in the park. But to be on stage, present in front of hundreds of people, I decided, hmm, not so much. Mm. Even though I do know what I need to do to prepare, it just didn't seem worth it anymore. Yeah, I think that's an important point you raise that we are allowed to consider whether doing something sits well with us, whether it's in our best interest, or sometimes we can do something well, but the emotional or energy sort of payoff required is too great. And that's okay. It's okay. We are allowed to make choices. And we're also allowed not to have to rise to other people's expectations of what they think we should be comfortable doing. It took me a long time to understand that I'm actually quite introvert and it's okay to be introvert. It's okay to be happy reading a book in my pajamas and not be at a party. I'm genuinely happy. I don't feel I'm missing out. So that's all right too. We have this thing of what's wrong with me? Everyone's doing this and and I'm doing that. And society's very pushed. It's very expectatious. It's very extrovert. But, you know, a lot of us aren't. A lot of us aren't extrovert and a lot of us aren't comfortable tazzing around and traveling and and it's okay. It's, it's really good to just sit down and get to know yourself and, and your comfort zones. And yes, sometimes it's great to stretch and it's certainly good to read and hear and get informed and find ways to help ourselves and be more comfortable with ourselves and grow ourselves if we want to, but how we want to. We don't have to fit into somebody else's shoes. That's a great point. And that's just one of the lessons learned is how can I share my gifts in a way that is in balance with my personal makeup. Over the years, what have become some of your favorite tools and strategies when you need to give yourself a little extra support? One thing that's really helped is hearing from others who know how to be calm, who understand the nature of the mind and how it works, and they can be funny about it and real about it and real about their own experiences with it. But they know it. They know the mind. For me, that's really helpful. I have a collection of people I like to listen to. I really enjoy reading Ayurveda about the nature of the mind. And we've discussed talking about in the, in the new year in more detail about how to make choices to support the mind, how to be self-studying and to sit and look at myself if I feel I've fallen off my raft and you know, look at the choices I'm making, what's come before, what stresses have gone before and how I can get myself afloat again and what I need to do to support myself. And I think the information that Ayurveda offers in that regard is incredibly detailed, supportive. It's just amazing. And one of the best books I ever read on that was a book by Dr. David Frawley called Ayurveda and the Mind. And I've read and reread it. My copies are really dog-eared and there's some real treasures in there. Right at the beginning, what clicked with me was that he talks about, you know, we have this mind, this instrument with which we're supposed to do all our thinking and reasoning, but we don't know how to run it. We don't have a manual for it. We don't know how to look after it. Ayurveda gives that manual of how to be mentally healthy, mentally peaceful, how to have some love and some humor about your own thinking equipment and how to really take good care of it. And that for me has been enormously helpful. 
A couple of my favorite tools are certainly practicing yoga. When I started to practice and learned to have a better balance between mind, body, and spirit, to be actually in my body instead of letting my mind act like a runaway train. So grounding and calming and wonderful to practice that union. And then the other would be guided meditations. Mm. Because the way that I'm configured, just sitting is much more challenging than being led. And I, and I do sit on occasion and it's wonderful, but but usually it's walking meditation or it's something that I'm being led through a guided relaxation or a guided meditation, which is one of the reasons why you and I have come together and created the number of albums that we have is we realize that there's a great number of people who want to be led through that relaxing, grounding, nourishing experience. Yeah, I think it's one of the really difficult things with the mind is, you know, we hear that meditation helps, but Sometimes when you're suffering with anxiety, the thought of being left alone with your mind is absolutely terrifying. It's like being shut in a room with your worst enemy. And I think it's uh, very beneficial to be able to relax in the presence of somebody else who knows how to direct a relaxing experience and how to keep your mind supported and gently occupied so it doesn't veer off into those awful thoughts. I think guided meditation is a really valuable resource. Another valuable resource is something that we created a while back, our Anxiety Rescue Kit, which the intention was to put everything together in a pack that you wished you'd known 20 years ago when you were working on learning more and supporting yourself to the best of your ability. Yeah, I really tried to, with you, put together there different ideas and practices that can really help you Again, understand it's not your fault. Understand something about the nature of the mind. We have a section in there about taming the monkey mind. Also understand that when your mind's disturbed, it's very hard to read and very hard to settle. So we created everything in short audio segments so you can listen. We have sections on dealing with negative thoughts, which for me, as I've just shared, was really my worst area of my anxiety. How to calm anxiety with your breath and the healing benefits of mindfulness. And also... The self-examining part, there's a self-care inventory where you can look at, okay, what's going on for me? Anxiety really throws up a big snowstorm around us and it's very, very hard to have clarity and to find a point where you can take action. I think that's one of the worst things about anxiety is it's so all-encompassing, so overwhelming. So the idea here is to, to be able to sit down with our guidance and just have a look at what's going on in a detached way a detached observation it's a quick exercise and then start looking at how you might use the tools included to help yourself so yeah it's what I wish I had and the cool thing is it's half price until December 31st at midnight so if you're listening and that sounds like something you're interested in now is the time to to act and take advantage of this gorgeous anxiety rescue kit that we created just for you Ananga, I'm grateful that we talked about how we became anxiety slayers and continue to slay anxiety to the best of our ability, that we could share a little bit of our own experiences and lessons learned, 
Along with our favorite tools and strategies, I absolutely love sharing time with you and answering listener questions and doing all I can along with your support. And I know you feel the same. This is a great partnership and I look forward to what we create together in in 2016. Me too. A friend was saying to me a few weeks ago that you can't really appreciate wealth unless you've known poverty. And for me with anxiety, I can really appreciate now peace of mind and not take it for granted when my mind's peaceful and relaxed and positive. It's such a blessing compared to how it used to be. So sharing what we've been through, I hope it's encouraging to others that they can also find peace. And please know that if your mind is throwing nightmares at you, that you can learn to control it and that the mind is a restless and unruly thing. But if you feed it peace and develop the awareness that you're not your mind and your intelligence is above your anxious thoughts, you can begin to experience relief and peace too. And we're honoured to help you in your journey towards that. So thank you for listening and please keep sending us your questions. We wish all of our listeners a happy, healthy and anxiety-slaying new year. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We invite you to visit the Slayer store where you can get 50% off on every anxiety relief support pack that we've created through the end of December. Want to learn more? Visit anxietyslayer.com forward slash store.